first time home buyers, welcome back to Better Call Jen, the podcast. I'm Jen, your host and local South Florida realtor. Today, we'll be discussing step three in the home buying process home inspections. We have a special guest, Luis Sanchez, owner and certified home inspector of Reliable Inspections. Hey, Louis. Thank you for joining me today again. It's my, it's my pleasure, Jen, whenever you need me. <laughs> I am super appreciative that you agreed to do this again. And honestly, it, it didn't surprise me. It really didn't. You're always so helpful, responsive, and your positivity is overall amazing. <laughs> we try. <laughs> now, all that being said, um, I wasn't really looking forward to meeting you the first time that I met you, which was like a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Do you remember I heard that? the story. I do remember the story. It was in that condo there in, um, I think it was by, uh, by Edgewater. By Edgewater. Yes. Yeah. Our lovely, uh, Francis that introduced us. So the reason I wasn't looking forward to meeting you is because I already had a a home inspector back then and I kind of knew what to expect from him. So I was kind of nervous. I was nervous about who you were going to be and how you were going to send your reports and all that, but you ended up being like amazing. And a year later, I refer you 100%, really. I mean, I don't blame you. It's a nerve-wracking thing for realtors. You never know who you're going to get. You never know, you know, what level of experience they have. You never know if they're going to be, you know, re- related, you know, relationable to the customer. You don't, You just don't know, you know? So that's why I try to make it the way, I like to make this job work the way we do it. it just makes it easy for everybody. But I, I mean, I agree. You're, you were not wrong in, th- in, being in thinking nervous. that and feeling that way. <laughs> Absolutely not. So the goal today is to give buyers insight on the home inspection process. Uh, why hire a home inspector? What you check, what you don't check during the inspection, um, the cost, as well as what's a four-point inspection and wind mitigation. So if you're ready, we'll just jump right into the questions. Absolutely. Awesome. So what should a buyer be looking for in a home inspector? Okay, so what I like to tell people all the time, whether it's going to be me you hire or somebody else, you should, number one thing to do is always go through somebody recommended, okay? Somebody that uh, your realtor has used before, maybe a family member, close friend, something of that nature. If you're going online and just randomly Googling a home inspector, you just don't know what you're going to get. So some home inspectors that don't get that much work, they spend a lot of their money you know, getting their names up on top of Google, things of that nature. So not all of them that you could get a good one from Google. I'm not saying they're all not going to be good, but for the most part, I always strongly recommend that you go with somebody that somebody else, you know, has used already that that you can kind of get a feel for the person, you know, what's going on, because if you're just going randomly like that, you just don't know what is, you know, you just don't know who's going to pull up. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you say that having a certified home inspector is important? Like, is there, what's the difference between just a random person that you find that might charge you, I don't know, 50 bucks to come out, a hundred dollars to come out versus a certified insured home inspector? Okay. So when you, when you do, somebody recommends them to you and you do find the person that you're going to use, I strongly recommend that you go uh, to myfloridalicense.com, check out their name, make sure they really have a license and that it's valid. Anybody can show you a paper. They might have been a home inspector before. Make sure that their license is valid and make sure that they're insured. Very important. If an inspector is working out there without insurance, it is not the person you want to use. God forbid something happens at that inspection. He falls. He has an issue, whatever. Then it could become a big thing for no reason. So all you have to do is ask them for their insurance. You can, if you even want to verify their insurance, once they ask it to you, you can call that um, the company that's on there as their policy, make sure that their policy is still valid. I recommend people to do that all the time. I, as you know, when we go to the building, sometimes they ask you for your insurance and um, your license. And you know, I always have it on my phone. I always send it to you. You know, I always keep it on you because you do not want to use somebody that's not certified. Absolutely. I remember the first time I asked you for the insurance information because a condo association was asking me for it. And I'm like, hey, when you have a chance at some point today, and I think it was like five seconds later, you sent it to me. I'm like, okay, perfect. This works. So I keep, what- it, on, I keep it on my phone. It's just something that you should have. Now, if you ask an inspector for it and he stumbles, you know, in questioning, then, you know, you probably should do your due diligence and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Red flag for sure. All right. So what type of properties do you inspect? 
Um, I do pretty much everything. We do condos, we do townhouses, single family homes, multifamily homes, you know, duplexes, triplexes. We even do commercial properties. Um, I have uh, clients of mine that'll buy, you know, four, five, six unit buildings. They ask me to do the entire building. I, with pleasure, I do them. Uh, the only thing we stay away from is 40-year certifications. We do not do those. Um, when you do a 40-year certification, what I've learned in all the years that I've been in this business is you have to get too many people together. You know, you have to get an engineer together, a roofing contract. You have to get all these people together. And then I'm the one who presents the report. Plus, I take all the responsibility. So it just doesn't make any sense to me because I am outsourcing too much work. So I mm-hmm. lose too much control of what's actually going on. And that just doesn't work for me. So besides that, any building, I even uh, recently started doing retail. Like I have people on Lincoln Road actually um, renting um, units for their business and they want to see what it looks like. Are they going to have a problem with it once they go and spend all this money and start running their business there? And I'll do those too. I mean, I'm pretty much open to do any sort of uh, inspection. Awesome. So since we're focusing today on first-time home buyers, typically first-time home buyers are going to, purchase a single family home, a townhouse, or a condo. So how what's the difference when you're inspecting a single family home versus a condo versus a townhouse? Well, there's certain differences. So when you're doing a single family house, most of the time you're concentrated on this one house. You have pretty much access to everything. You can walk around everywhere. It's going to be very few times where a neighbor is going to bother you. You know, So you're pretty much wide open. Now, when you do a condo or a townhouse, You have to be very careful because you have to be sensitive to the fact that there's people living next door. There's people living downstairs, you know, so you have to make sure that when you're doing these types of inspections, you know, you have sensitivity that people are living so close. Okay. Also, when you do condo inspections, there's a little bit more work that goes before you get there. You have to contact the association. Uh, You have to make sure that if the AC units are on the roof, which most small buildings, you know, five stories or less, will have them on the roof that we have access to the roof. Some associations, you know, they're very easy to work with. They'll let you on there. Some are not so easy as we've learned in our experiences, but you definitely need to do that. If you have a home inspector that you're using and he, and he does not access the roof, when you have ACs in the roof, you're going to have an issue because the AC unit, the hand that are inside the unit could be brand new, but maybe the compressor is 20 years old. And you don't want to find that out later. You want to find that out before you make the purchase, before you do the closing. So, you know, these things are, are varying issues. Now, the, it is the inspector's job to explain this to the realtor so the realtor can start contacting the association and get all this done before you get there, not the day of the inspection. It's very hard to access a roof unless they left it open or something like that the day of the inspection. Can we talk about the last inspection we did? Just because it was like a rare occasion that we couldn't oh. access the roof. Well, we did access the roof. Well, we did. We, we couldn't <laughs> access it the traditional way. Very sketchy. So um, they had a building that was two-story. They have a ladder that accesses you to the roof. The problem is the ladder is about 10 feet off the ground. Now, we had to park about four blocks away. (laughs) It's South Beach, by the way. So we'll explain. You know, parking was a little bit challenging there. We had one parking spot and the buyer took it, of course. You know, we're going to allow him to park there. So we parked on Lincoln Road. Yeah. It happens. So um, it was a little bit of a sketchy situation. The ladder was a little far away. I had to kind of do a pull up to get up there. But sometimes in these situations, you got to do what you got to do to make sure the client is okay. Yeah. You know, and the I think there was, was like a garbage um, <laughs> container involved. Somehow you stood on a garbage container to get yourself up yes, there. It was, it was, you know, not your typical inspection, but that's what happens in this business. You're not going to run into the typical inspection every day. You have to make sure you take care of the client and you have to make sure you make them feel secure about what they're buying. You know, it's just, it is what it is. You gotta, you gotta, sometimes you gotta go that extra mile. Not everybody does it. No. Just like a lot of realtors don't do it. But if you want to be successful and you want them to be happy, you have to go the extra mile and you gotta do what you gotta do. And we got it done the way you yeah. always do. I'm glad that the buyer was very helpful. Like he was, he was there. He was holding that garbage thing for you. Um, and also that's like one of the reasons I love working with you because you're a problem solver and I feel like I'm the same. So if there's a problem, we're going to find the solution to it. You have to be a problem solver here. Um, there's a lot of moving parts in a uh, real estate transaction. So you have to make sure that everybody's part of the team, because if you don't, you, you, you know, Jen, sometimes we get to the situation where the other realtor, the listing agent is not playing ball like we are. And then we have to make up for their slack. 
And although they're getting an equal commission as you are, they're not doing equal work. But, you know, and you run into these problems, you have to come up with a resolution because we have to move forward one way or another. Yeah, absolutely. So then the main difference um, that I find, which just to recap this bit of conversation between a single family house and then a townhouse and a condo is that the AC unit is typically on the roof in the smaller buildings, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And in some of the bigger buildings, even the handler is like in the hallway in a locked closet, right? Sometimes yes. it's so, not inside the unit. Right. So the big, bigger buildings, they work on something called uh, a cooling tower. What they have is they have a giant compressor on the roof and that compressor feeds all the handlers individual units. Now, you will run into a situation where you go to a building and there's a separate door in the hallway mm -hmm. to access the handler. So sometimes, believe it or not, I get to the buildings and they don't have the key to that door. Yeah. Right. So I always like to tell people, make sure they have the keys and stuff like that so we can check these things out because these things are very important. You have to understand if you're in a building, whether if you have a building, if you're in a building with the AC on the roof and you have to change that AC, um, two people are not going to walk that unit up there. You know, you have to hire a crane. It becomes an expensive um, process. So you want to make sure what condition it's in, things of that nature. When the handlers are inside, you also just can't walk that handler into the into the unit and install it. You have to get permission from the association. Mm -hmm. So you always want to make sure what condition these units are in. So if they're towards the end of the life, you can at least inform the client and they really at least have it in mind what they're going to have to deal with in case they have an AC issue. Absolutely. Okay. So that was really good information. Um, I feel like this is one of the biggest important questions. So what do you check during a home inspection? Okay, so I do things a little bit different. Um, I like to check everything in the house. I like to start from the first before I even get there. I like to do my homework before I even get to the house. I like to pull a permit list, see what's been done to the home recently, whether it be uh, any renovations, um, roof replacement, ACs. I always like to check that first. Also, I like to do... Um, research on what the house looks like. So before I even get there, I already know what I'm working with. I like to go back um, through the Google Maps, you know, year after year, just to see what updates, have they painted the house? Have they done any remodeling? Have they added something? Just know when I get there, what questions to ask the sellers. You know, a lot of inspectors will get there. They will not say one word. They will do the inspection. They will hand you a report. You don't know what's going on. I like to question the seller a lot, you know, just so I can get a feel for them, what they've done, how they've done it. So, you know, these are things that I like to do. Then once I get all that done, I like to do exterior first. You know, I like to get a feel for the house on the outside. I like to check if it has a septic tank. A lot of times people do not even know that the house has a septic tank. Um, the realtors will never know. Yeah, you know, it's, just, it's crazy. I like to see what kind of electrical they have outside. I like to make sure where the AC is located. I like to do exterior first. Once I do the exterior then I, what I do is I do the house in a circle. I walk inside. I start in the room to the right. I make my way all the way around the house. So like that, you don't miss anything. A lot of home inspectors, especially when they're new, you have to understand that for a home inspector, there's a lot going on at the house, right? They have to speak to the realtor. They have to speak to the listing agent. They have to speak to the buyer. They have to speak to the seller. So sometimes they forget things. So in order for me to not forget anything, I always go in a circle. I go room to room. So I make sure that I don't forget anything. Once I'm done, I also go through all the pictures, make sure I didn't forget anything. You know, it's, I know it sounds OCD, but it's just a way for me to make sure that the client is just taken care of 100%. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's better. It's definitely better to be thorough. And since you brought up the septic tank thing, um, I actually just, I, I want to say two, five days ago, November 1st, um, there's a new addendum uh, disclosure that the sellers have to disclose that there's a septic tank. So thank God for that, because I want to say at least two transactions this year. It's been extremely questionable whether there was one, when was the last time that they emptied it out? When did they service it? And it's just so frustrating. Uh, and just to be clear, that's not your realm, right? You don't, you don't um, inspect septic tanks, although we can find a, a separate uh, professional for that, right? Right. So what happens is a lot of times when you got to inspect the septic tank, they bring that truck with the pump in it yeah. and they'll pump some out. They'll start checking. What I do is a lot of the, the main reason why a lot of people that doesn't come up to later is a lot of realtors, when they're checking boxes on a listing, when the listing agent is listing a property, they automatically go sewer, mm -hmm. you know, and they never ask. And then it becomes a problem later. So I always tell 
the listing agents to make sure, ask them, you know, make sure, because you understand, like with your friend Shayla, we went to a house one day and they swore that it was sewer. And I told Shayla, listen, I've been in this neighborhood before. I'm 100% positive that it's not. I went, I found the septic tank, you know, and then, you know, it, it becomes tough from there because now you're bringing up a problem to the buyer that they didn't know before. Mm-hmm. They're already going to have to pay for the inspection. So it's better to get these things out of the way before you get there. Yeah. Now, what I do is, um, although I don't pump it out and I don't open it up to inspect it, I do check um, the clean out, see what it looks like. I make sure that there's no uh, uh, spillage going on in the yard, that there's not a weird smell. So I do do like an overall through the outside, but I always, always, always 100% recommend that they bring a person to clean, you know, to pump out some, make sure everything's working. These things are very delicate things. A lot of times people don't clean them out for years. Yeah. You know, septic tanks should be cleaned out, you know, every three years. And a lot of people will tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, we cleaned it out. But then when you ask them for the receipt, they don't have it. Nobody ever has it. Yeah, and Nobody it depends on, it. like, how many people live in the property. and Because um, right. some some inspectors will tell you, like, every one or two years, if you have a big family, every three years is a good average if, if it's a big tank. The good thing is that nowadays... Okay, in 10 plus years ago, it used to be a, a big ticket item to replace. Right. You know, it would cost $20,000, $25,000 to replace a septic tank. So it was hand in hand with replacing a roof. But now apparently they do everything plastic. And no, there's no, there's newer technologies now yeah. that they're making it more affordable for you to change it. But it's, you know, it's still a tough thing for a buyer to buy a house. And then all of a sudden they got to dig up the yard. Absolutely. And, you know, eventually, hopefully everything will go to sewer. Mm-hmm. But what happens is that a lot of times they want to do an assessment through your taxes. And then a lot of people just don't want to do it. Yeah. You know, but eventually they're going to force everybody to do it because that, that becomes a pollutant. You know, a lot of Key Biscayne is having some issues with their water. And a lot of it is due to septic. Interesting. So when we'll go back to the question of what do you, what do you check during a home inspection? Um, obviously the roof Absolutely. Roof is number one because it's the biggest ticket item in the house. Yeah. So before I get there, I like to check for permits, um, make sure they have a permit. A lot of times I get to a house and the roof looks brand new and they don't have a permit. And then I will ask them, uh, do you have the permit information? Oh, no, no, we did it without a permit. Now, this is, what, this is my number one recommendation to people. If you're going to put a roof on your house, do not do it without a permit. Whatever money you save in the permit, you're going to end up paying additional in insurance every single year. So when you do um, a wind mitigation or a four point, it asks you for a permit number. Once you put that permit number, depending on what year the permit number is from, is a discount that you get every year because they know that a certified roofer did it and they know they went through these uh, steps in order to do it correctly. When you just do it without a permit, listen, you're opening yourself into a lot of trouble. Not only are you going to lose that discount, but you could do the roof. The minute you finish it, the city could have been watching you. They will make you remove the roof, uh, pay fines, pay the permit anyway. So it's, it's it's really not a good thing to do. I definitely recommend everybody use a permit. Yeah, you might be able to avoid the city and then or your taxes, right? And then you get hit on the insurance side. It, it's to me, it's a no brainer to just get your permits, people. Like don't don't skip on that. Um, so what do you look for when you're up there? Aside from the age of the roof, right? What are you looking for when because you actually get up on the roof and you inspect yes, it? Yes, absolutely. So uh one story houses, we always get on top. Uh, we're looking for what condition are the shingles in or the tiles or the flat roofs? Are there missing shingles? Are there cracked tiles? Um, the roll roofing, which is the flat roof, it starts to bubble up with the Florida sun after a while. So we're looking for these things to make sure. Now, when it comes to a secondary roof, I use a 4K HD drone. So what we do is instead of getting on the second story roof, because it's so dangerous, we use the drone. Um, we take uh, 4K pictures. We make sure that everything is looks fine. And anyways, the way we tell how a roof, if it's leaking or not, is through the attic. Mm-hmm. That's really where you can really get a good impression of what's going on in damage because anybody can cover up, uh, you know, the top of a roof and put some new shingles on it or stuff like that. But that, we like, we definitely like to be hands-on, take a lot of pictures, make sure what everything looks like, make sure everything looks uniform. That's really the key to everything. Yeah, and at the end, uh, you're going to be giving a very extensive report to the buyer and everything has photos of what you've seen, which is amazing because obviously the buyer isn't going to be going up on the roof with you. I mean, 
Has a buyer ever gone up on the roof with you? No. Okay. That is a t- My buyers they've haven't asked. done that. <laughs> they, they've asked, but that's, I mean, you cannot allow a person who doesn't get on roofs every day to no, just no, use no. your ladder and get on the roof. Yeah, so your insurance you just, won't cover that. <laughs> yeah, you, you just can't. But yeah, um, another thing I was going to say too, um, going on pictures, if, you, if you're using a home inspector and you're getting a report and you're getting, you know, 20 pictures in a report, you probably should use somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, a typical home, you know, 2,000 square feet, just to say a number, I do about 200, 250 pictures at the location. You know, it's just, you know, you, you have to be hands-on in the situation. You, you can't, when you're looking at your home inspector, he better be into the job and he better look you know, like he knows what he's doing because if not, this is going to cost you money in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the point of this, part of the process is to be as informed as possible. Because if you're under contract, I'm going to assume that most contracts are like this. This is how I set up mine. Your contract is contingent on the inspection period. So typically you have, you know, in the old days, I was having a conversation with Miriam about this last week in the podcast. We used to have like 14 days for a home inspection and then it dwindled down to 10. And now we're at around seven. And even seven is like a really long time for sellers to agree on. Um, But you want to gather as much information as possible during that time, because if you don't like what you hear, that is your exit time. This is the time to just say, forget it. Let's go find something else. This is not what I want. Absolutely. Now, I will say that home inspectors do have a hard time in a lot of houses because we do houses that are vacant. Those are super easy. There's no furniture. I can see everything. You know, other times we go to houses where you can barely walk inside, you know, and these are things that I explain, you know, to the buyers. You know, it's very hard for a home inspector to do his job when the house is full of stuff from one end to the other, every closet I open, every room I walk into, you know? So it's a, a lot of times I, I will explain to them, listen, I saw what I could, but I cannot guarantee that once you start moving all this furniture, that there's not going to be broken tiles, that there's not going to be damaged walls because it's just literally impossible to see these things, you know? So, you know, a, a lot of buyers also have to understand that when the house is like that, you know, you are taking a risk in what you're buying, but there's not much we can do. You know, it's just, it's literally impossible to move all that stuff out of the way. A lot of times when you're doing older, um, older sellers, you know, you have to be very delicate of what you move in their house. They're very touchy. You know, you have to be very sensitive to these older people because you don't want to do something that's going to upset them in the house. And, you know, it's going to cause something in the house. So, you know, these things are very hard that inspectors have to deal with, but, you know, we work with it. Yeah, I know you always do. That kind of goes into the next question of what you don't inspect in a property, but I want to stay focused on what you do for right now. So we know you inspect the roof, um, the attic. Um, What else is on your is on your list? Oh, the septic tank, of course. Uh, So what would be next that you focus Um, on? Important things in a house, AC units, Mm -hmm. uh, water heaters, all the plumbing. What does the plumbing look like? You know, does it look like it's been replaced recently? You know, and when I say plumbing, I mean all plumbing. I mean any visual plumbing. Obviously, it's impossible for me to see underground cast iron piping. You know, it's just impossible. But anything visible, all the outside, where the hoses go, where the main is, um, under all the sinks, you know, it's very important to get a look at that. Um, We also want to see, I do something that a lot of inspectors don't do, which is I check all walls and doors for moisture, okay? Um, It is not something required for home inspectors. They really are have to do it. I just go out of the way to do it because I mean, it literally takes me the entire house an extra, maybe 20 minutes Mm -hmm. uh, in total. But I like to do it because a lot of times people, one thing people never do or very few people do is reseal their windows every couple of years. So what happens is with the, with the heat and the moisture that we have here in South Florida, um, a lot of that seal will start to break. A lot of the caulking will start to, and then it'll leak inside the window. So what happens is even though you have leaking inside the window, you want to have the client know that before they buy the house. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I go through all of it, every single window door. If I find something, I explain to them. Now it's impossible for me to tell them the extent of the damage without breaking through the drywall, Mm -hmm. but I can at least alert them to what's going on there. So the problem doesn't get worse. Yeah. Because once those leaks, I mean, if they leak for a little bit, you know, you can get to it, you can fix the problem. But if you keep letting it leak for years and they don't know about it, it's, you know, it's tough. And then I even have colleagues of mine where I explain that to them. They'll tell me, but why do you waste your time doing that? And it's like, it's not a waste of time. You know, they just don't understand. A, a client is number one here. Okay. And not only because that client can recommend the other people and you can make money, but you have to put yourself in the situation where you're the buyer. Mm-hmm. You've been a buyer before. I've been a buyer before. So you would like that same type of help when you're the buyer. Remember, the buyer is a person 
especially in a first-time buyer that's dealing with a lot of things, okay? They're dealing with things they've never dealt before. They're dealing with home inspectors. They're dealing with mortgage brokers. They're dealing with, you know, it's a very stressful process. Mm -hmm. So the more you can reduce that stress for them, I feel that it's just something just humanly that you should, you know, you should just do. Yeah, 100%. So aside from, oh, you know what? The electrical box. Did you say electricity yet? Electrical panels, that was my next thing. Okay, electrical okay. Panels are, <laughs> because that's, electrical, that's one of the important ones. <laughs> electrical panels are very important. Um, you need to open every single electrical panel, see what they look like inside. How's it wired? You know, is there some sketchy looking electricity? We all know here in South Florida, everybody's uncle, cousin is was an electrician, worked as it in some time. So you want to make sure that's there. Electrical panels also, um, there's some electrical panels that you pay higher premiums for having that come in older houses. Um, Sylvania panels, Zinsco panels, Challenger panels. These panels are, they're not in business anymore. So the insurance companies have a problem with them because if, if you have a problem, then, you know, they have nobody that they can go to. So you pay higher premiums for these panels. You always want to explain that to the client. The panel's wired fine, but it is this kind of panel. Uh, the insurance is going to make you pay a higher premium. I always recommend that people change them as soon as they can. Um, you know, sometimes it's kind of tough because they're expensive. You know, electrical work is expensive, especially by a qualified certified contract. So, but you want to get these things done, but electrical is super, super, super important. You want to make sure that if you're not using me, that your inspector is opening every, there should never be an excuse for not opening a panel. If there's something out of the way, they should move it out of the way. If it's uh, painted to the wall, You've seen me do it a million times. I will literally cut the panel off the wall, okay? Because you have to be careful. Yeah, you know, you I've to- seen you peel through paints. I've seen you <laughs> climb on kitchen cabinets. I've seen you deal with dead roaches that just love to live in the electrical panel for some reason. So yeah, you got to get through it all. You got to get through it all. So <laughs> that's that's really the main things, you know, the electrical panels, the AC units, the roof, and all the plumbing, you know. And, and, and along from that, you want to go, once you're in the room, Every time I go through a room, I make sure I check every outlet. I make sure I check every window for moisture. I make sure, you know, I like to, to take the room. I like to divide the house per room and just go at that room individually. Like that, you know what's going on, what's not going on. You know, are there any broken tiles? If there are broken tiles, why are they broken? Mm-hmm. You know, is, did somebody drop something on them? Is there a pattern of maybe that, you know, that they, they didn't do the, the tile work correctly, which happens here in South Florida more than I can. We'll be here all day talking about that. You know, so you want to go room to room. You want to make sure that, you know, and 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 it's just, you know, it's, it's a tough process for a lot of people. I enjoy it. So it's, you know, it's it's just, I know it sounds strange that I enjoy a job like this, but I it, I, I love it. I, I It's weird to explain, but I just love no, it. No, no, I can tell. I can tell. And we're going to get to the next question in a minute on how much something like this costs. But to me, like listening to everything, and I'm, I'm involved in this every single day, but um, I feel with everything in my being that, it's so worth the money to just a thousand percent. get a professional to tell you all these details. I mean, you don't even a, a, a buyer, especially a first time home buyer, even me. I mean, I've been doing this for 20 plus years. I can I can walk into a property and tell you a handful of things just visually. Right. But sure. having a professional with the right tools and the right experience, it's priceless. Yeah, listen, I see more houses than anybody does. I, I actually, one of my biggest uh, clients is a home builder. Um, this guy builds custom homes, you know, beautiful houses. And what he does is when the house is done before anything else, he has me come in and do an inspection to make sure that nothing slipped through the cracks. He tells me, listen, these are brand new homes. So you would figure that everything's, you know, done correctly. It's not going to be about But he is so OCD about the way he builds houses that he tells me, listen, go through the house, do an inspection. Let me know what you think. And then I do. And I find things all the time. I tell him, look, and then what he does is he goes over, he fixes everything before the house even goes up for sale. So even somebody like that, that builds houses, uses somebody like me. You know, that's rare. That, that's great. I want to know where he builds because that's <laughs> that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, he builds custom homes, like in the Keys and stuff like that. So, you know, he always wants, you know, these are, these are big dollar clients. So he wants to make sure that they're happy and they're, you know, they're not going to have a little dumb issue over something that he could have, you know, paid a certain amount of money. It's just, it was worth it to him. You know, he just, you know, it just, it's just a great thing to do. Yeah. So typically how much does a home inspection cost? Okay. So home inspections are all by square footage of the home. Um, Obviously apartments are a little bit less because there's no attic work. 
you know, once I don't have to go in the attic, I obviously reflect, you know, the price on that. Um, small apartments usually start $275, $300. And then it can go up to, you know, like the other day I did a house. Uh, the property had two houses on it. One was uh, 6,000 square feet. The other house was uh, 3,800 square feet. So you're dealing with a big property. That was a $1,500 job. You know, it all depends on the square footage of the house and how much work is involved. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it all goes by that. It's all square footage based. But yeah, a little small apartment, you know, it's called 275, 300, you know, and it includes everything. So um, some inspectors give you a base price, but they will not include mitigation in the four point that you need for every purchase on an insurance Apartments do not require a four point due to the fact that the roof, most of the plumbing um, and stuff like that are association related and building related. But you want to make sure that if you're going to get an inspection that they include that because you're going to need that. Sometimes there's these certain type of home inspectors that will give you a price and you'll be like, oh, wow, that's a great price. But then when you need the four point in wind mitigation, they'll charge you an extra two hundred dollars. Yeah. And then now the total price is not great. Exactly. and they know you need it, but they work differently. We do upfront pricing. Mm-hmm. We let you know what it's going to cost, what it's going to include, everything. We do everything upfront. Now, um, a lot of times there's certain things that we include that a lot of people don't. Um, if you're a realtor that works with me on a regular basis, I do a courtesy second inspection. Okay. So if we find anything wrong in the house, we find a double tap on an electrical panel, some broken tiles, whatever the case may be. I will actually include the second inspection for free. Um, if it's not a constant client, it, the average is a uh, $75 to $100 reinspection fee. That's normal in the industry. That's an industry standard. Um, most inspectors will charge you every time. Again, uh, when it's somebody like you that I work with you all the time, I just feel that it's a courtesy that I should pass to the client. You know, it, it takes me no time to drive over there, show up, you know, fix the report for them and just you know, move forward. That yeah, way. I know. I really appreciate it. I know my customers do too, because nobody's ever had one single complaint about you. And then they're like, oh my God, but he came out a second time. Or even after, I think uh, one young lady that we helped in South Beach, oh, yes. um, remember, uh, she called you after she closed because the property was filled with, a lot of items, especially in the closet space. And when and when the homeowner vacated, if she's the homeowner was there like 20 years, I think, uh, the property was in good condition, but she still wanted you to come out and... and yeah, it was fine. You know, it, it's like I said, we do extra stuff for the customer. Um, we also give you a permit list. Uh, I run permit lists for all properties anyway. So once I got it, I have no problem emailing it to you so mm-hmm. that you can have it. You know, it's just, these, these are little extra things that we like to do. We're a different type of company, okay? A lot of people out there are trying to give you a low price, but they also give you the lowest service. You know, we are not the most expensive company, but we're also not the cheapest, but we try to give you the highest quality service. You know, we always responsive. You know, you know, Jen, you've worked with me for a long time. I can be in a roof, in an attic. Uh, I might not pick up the phone, but I will send you back a text. Give me a few minutes. You know, uh, responsiveness is key here. Yeah. Know? And a lot of times, um, unfortunately, uh, some inspection companies, once you pay that fee, it is very hard to contact them again for any updates. It's just tough. You know, it's not my way of running the business. I run it different. Yeah, I like it. That's why I always call you. Um, So how do you feel about having the buyer present during inspections? Great question. Okay. So a lot of inspectors, the buyer bothers them while they're doing the inspection. I am the total opposite. Okay. You have to understand this person, especially a first home buyer has never seen a home inspection report in their life. So if they're not there or you you tell them, no, you don't have to be there whatever. And you just hand them this report. It's literally like if it was in a foreign language, it's going to be impossible for them to, it's very hard to understand the report. I love when the client is there. Sometimes they don't have to be there the entire time. They can show up towards the end. It's fine. When I'm done with my inspection, I like to give them a walkthrough of the entire home. This is what we found. This is what we saw. This is major. This is not that major. So like that, when they get the inspection report, they can say, look at the picture and the description and say, okay, Lewis explained this to me. Lewis explained that to me. So not only does it help them understand better, but it helps me also because I don't have to be on the phone with them for an hour later explaining everything to them. They pretty much can remember, okay, Lewis said this, Lewis said that. So it just, it makes it a lot smoother transition. Also, I tell realtors all the time, I have so many realtors that do not show up to an inspection. Okay. The realtor- I don't understand that. you, You have to understand- that if you're there, we can nip a problem in the bud right away and it doesn't become a firestorm later. Sometimes I see it a million times that the realtor doesn't show up. 
there's a little tiny problem. It storms into this huge problem. The buyer cannot understand why the realtor wasn't there. And it's just, and I get it. Sometimes I get it. There's emergencies where you guys cannot show up. But for the most part, you guys should always show up to inspection. Also, you might have an inspector that does not know what he's doing. Like I've told you before, Jen, when you're, when you're listing, if you're on the listing and you feel that something weird is going on in inspection, call me, FaceTime me, ask me, Louis, listen, I feel weird about this. What do you think? You know, mm-hmm. you know, when I work with realtors on a regular basis, this is an ongoing, I don't have to charge you every time I help you. You know, this is an ongoing thing. I like to always make sure, please realtors, make sure that you go to your inspection. You will lose a deal and you will lose your commission eventually by not going to it. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And even though I don't love when the listing agent is there all the time, like me being on the buyer side, most of the time it is convenient and it's helpful. So I don't know if you remember the Miami Shores sale that we did. Absolutely. Um, you remember that one? Or 2094 Terrace or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> they, called, they, they emailed me the other day. Oh, they did. Yeah. You're the sweetest. I have to message them. Um, yeah, they're putting uh, impact windows and I think they fixed the back roof or something. They want me to come back up. Oh, awesome. Well, when we were there, there was just, I don't know, maybe two or three really minor things mm-hmm. that we would consider minor, right? And they're, they're, right. they were super smart buyers and very educated people. So they understood things. They didn't panic or anything. But one particular thing that I remember was something with the water heater was some sort of valve, right? Yes. So, so the water heaters, when they're um, the ones with the tank, not the tank ones, they have an emergency release valve. It's mm-hmm. called the TPR valve. So in case um, it comes under pressure or it's going to have a problem, it'll dump the water out through there and it won't explode inside the house. Now, insurance requires you to either put it into a drain or to the exterior So like that, if it does have a problem, it doesn't dump all the water into whatever room it's in, whatever closet it's in or whatever, and doesn't cause damage inside the house, you know, hence saving them money in case of an emergency. So they had that problem. It's not a big deal. You either drill a hole through the wall, put it outside. You can dump it into a drain. It's not really a big deal. Any plumber can definitely, you know, fix that for you, you know, for not too crazy amount of money. They did have that problem and yeah, they got it fixed right away. They also had a... They also had a double tap in one of the electrical panels. Exactly. So to my point, the listing agent was there at the house during the inspection period. Mm -hmm. And we all came out to the little living dining area and we were just discussing openly, hey, XYZ needs to be done. And immediately she said, no problem. I'll tell the seller. And it was like, there was no negotiating. There was no like, let's try to ask for something and see what they say. It was just so easy. And it happens more often than you think if you have all parties there willing to to discuss. Remember, it's like the old saying, if you put five people in a room and you start a story on one side, when the story gets to the other side, it is not going to be the same. Yeah. Okay. So if you have everybody there together, it eliminates that problem of me having to tell you and then you having to talk to the listing agent, the listing agent talking to the seller and then it coming back our way. It just becomes a whole thing. So if everybody's there, it just becomes a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so how long can an inspection take? Okay, so this is one problem that I hear a lot. Um, a lot of times I'll work for somebody and they'll ask me, why are you taking so long? And I'll, it makes me laugh. And I'll say, why? Why do you ask that? And they say, well, the last time we bought a house, um, the inspector was only there for 30 minutes. And I'll say, well, how big was the house? Oh, 2,500 square feet. And that's why I start laughing. Okay. Um, a qualified inspector that's been doing it for a long time, you know, obviously, you know, it becomes easier and your timing becomes better. They should take about 45 minutes for every thousand square feet of the house. Okay. So that is about average. Now, if you have a newer inspector, you know, he might take an hour, hour and 15 minutes for every thousand degree, but for a qualified experienced inspector, it is 45 minutes about for every thousand square feet. This should give him enough time. You know, so again, if you're buying a house that's 2000 square feet, the guy, definitely, definitely, definitely should be there for at least an hour and a half. Excellent. Yeah. And and I bring this up because buyers typically work during the day and that's when inspections are typically done. Like every once in a while, we'll get something late in the afternoon or evening, but now with like the time change that almost becomes impossible because you need to be able to see what you're doing, for example, up on the roof. 
Um, so some buyers, they take the day off or they'll take half a day or a couple of hours. But a good suggestion is what you mentioned earlier is they can always come at the tail end of the inspection, kind of like when you're done. And then you do right. that walk, that walk through to show them the, the worrisome or the, you know, Absolutely. They're going to be bored following me around the entire time. So that's what I like to tell them, you know, or if not, if they want to be there the whole time, that's fine. You know, I know you like to talk to them about the house and stuff like that. And then I just give them a walkthrough. It's just a walkthrough should be mandatory. If an inspector is not giving you a walkthrough, it's not good. Yeah. I love seeing everything that's happening in a house. <laughs> of course, as you should. You know, the more edu- the, no, but it's not really about being nosy. It's the more educated you are it's the better, you know, qualified you are to help your clients. No, it, it is true because af- after you see, let's say, um, not the roof itself, but the the fascia board, right, mm-hmm. of, of a house that's rotten, for example. And it's like you're standing there, you're pointing it out versus a good, clean version. All of a sudden, I can walk up to any house and be like, oh, that's going to need to be replaced. But Absolutely. if I'm not there present, you know, seeing what's going on, I can't help with properties that we're just looking at. Like we're not even under contract yet, right? We're just looking at a property and I'm already pointing out things that you would typically see in an inspection. Right. And by doing that, you're saving the client money because yeah. I mean, obviously if you go to a property and you guys saw three different properties and one, the fishing board was destroyed, you know, to eliminate that one out of the way and we don't have to charge them for no reason. Yeah. You know, that's why I always tell people, you know, like if, if you're a realtor, you know, you should always be there. I mean, I, I go to multi-million dollar sales and never met the listing agent. It's just, it's a crazy thing. It, I mean, I don't know how they do it. More power to them, but I just don't know how they do it. Oh man. I know sometimes we can't be in, you know, two places at the same time, but I feel like I, I personally, I just try to prioritize things and I'm lucky now that I feel like I have a little team, you know, that I have my assistant Lara that's helping me. And it's almost like I'm, I'm two people now. <laughs> team, team, is imp- team is important. It just definitely is. You know, it's just, you know, you, you can't do it all by yourself. Yeah. Well, that took me 22 years to figure out. Hey, it I happens. tried to listen, do it all by myself. <laughs> listen, me too. It took me forever to find my business partner. So, and you finally, at some time you find them and then you just move forward with those people and it just is what it is. You know? Yeah. Life is better. That's what it is. No, it is. Shout out to Lara. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's talk about the, we're almost wrapping up by the way. Um, let's talk about the four point inspection and why buyers need one. Okay, so uh, four-point inspection doesn't only come when you buy. Um, the insurance now, you know, as time goes on, insurance is just going to become tougher and tougher to get. Um, they're going to want to see what all the components that they look for in the house look like. So even after you purchase the house, uh, usually about every two years, they're going to ask you for an updated four-point, okay? So what the four-point includes is uh, your roof condition, what it looks like, what my estimated life remaining is. So insurance is always going to want a minimum of three years of estimated life remaining on the roof. If you don't have a minimum of three years, they will not insure you. Now, sometimes I get to a house, they have 20 broken tiles. You do not qualify for those three years, but what you can do is you can get that fixed. You can get those tiles replaced. I can come back out. Once everything looks good, then we can update your estimated you know, life remaining. It's not a big deal. Um, all your visual plumbing, you know, anything um, under the sinks, kitchen bathrooms, uh, toilet shutoff valves, your main valves outside, anything that's plumbing related. They're also going to want to see what your ACs look like. What year are they from? What condition are they in? Um, Outside and inside. So your compressor and your AC handler. And uh, most importantly, your electrical panels. Um, What do they look like? What brand are they? You know, what's the estimated time they've been installed? What does your electrical meter look like? You know, so what we do is we take all these pictures and all this information and we make a presentation on a separate report. It's not the same as your home inspection report. And like that, you can present it to the insurance. Uh, An underwriter can take a look at it and say, okay, well, they have all this new stuff and everything that's good. And then that's how they determine what your premium is going to be. So for example, if you go to a house that has a 30-year-old roof, a 20-year-old AC, um, 30-year-old panels, you're obviously going to pay a higher premium than somebody who's updated these things. Um, The insurance, what they want is you to, they're going to force you eventually to update these things because it becomes a lower risk for them as your stuff becomes updated, you know, a uh, couple of things. We spoke about those panels that the insurance has, you know, troubles with. There's also plumbing that they have issues with, uh, polybutamine plumbing. I know you always say that that's hard to say. I'm not even um, going to try. <laughs> that is a plumbing that it was a miracle plumbing, you know, in the 80s. 
Uh, it was very easy to install. Anybody could install it. But as years go by, they realize that it's just holes material and it just starts cracking and it becomes a major thing. Um, some houses do have them. Um, they'll give you insurance. You're going to pay a higher premium. You can get it removed. It's about a five to $7,000 job to get it redone. You know, I always recommend people to redo it because, you know, if it starts leaking in the house and damage your drywall, it becomes a huge issue. Um, so yeah, because it's, it's not plumbing that's underneath. It's it's in your walls. Yeah, usually it runs in the walls, through the attic. I mean, um, once I go in the attic, I can almost always see it. Um, there are times where you go into a... Sometimes I go into an attic and there's so much insulation, I can barely pop my head in there. You know, that's sometimes a red flag. You know, so I always, um, I always write in the report that due to the year of the house, it could possibly have it. None was noted, but, you know, some, sometimes it's just impossible to see. Yeah. So those are the four main things. So it's going to be AC, HVAC, it's going to be electrical, it's going to be roof, and it's going to be plumbing that goes into your four points. Hence why it's called four points. <laughs> and then uh, what is a wind mitigation report? Okay, so uh, wind mitigation for the insurance assesses um, what is the risk in your house, okay? Um, whether you have, um, what kind of protection do you have in case a hurricane comes and the wind coming in the house? Now, um, it could be impact windows and doors. It can be accordion shutters. Um, it can actually be the older metal shutters that you screw in. As long as they're all Miami-Dade County approved, um, which is something that's hard for people to understand. So it doesn't matter whether you live in Dade, Broward, or Palm Beach County. Due to Hurricane Andrew, Miami-Dade sets the standard. So once you're Miami-Dade County approved, that's really what they're looking for. Okay. Um, again, like I said, it, you can get the same credit either way you do it. Obviously, impact windows are the best way to do it because although it's the most expensive way, you don't have to worry about putting up shutters. You don't have to worry about if the shutters are going to come off the roof. You can see outside during the storm, which is very weird to be in a storm. If you've ever been in one with everything shuttered down, you don't know what is going on. Um, it reduces noise from the outside. It reduces energy costs. Okay, mm -hmm. So you're going to have a lot less uh, AC leaking outside. It's very good uh, for protection also. Um, if you've ever seen videos of somebody trying to break into a house with impact windows, uh, it's very hard. Yeah. Okay. And, um, it adds value to the house. I mean, you know, it as a realtor, once you get a client and they're between two houses and one of them has full impact windows and the permits have already been pulled and the jobs have already been done. I mean, it's a no brainer. They're going to go that way. Might be a little more, but it's just worth the trouble. Yeah. Okay. So, so to the insurance, they want to see what you have. They also want to see the year of your roof. So they can see, you know, under what protocol it was done. They want to also know the angle of your roof. So um, some roofs have typical, um, you know, it looks like a, like an open ladder frame. Those are a little bit more expensive than if you get a hip roof. A hip, hip roof is when all angles go down in a certain way, and then it's harder for the wind to pick it up. So we take all this information and we present it to the insurance company, and then they'll get, you know, accordingly, they will charge you. Um, another thing that we do that a lot of inspectors don't do, a lot of inspectors will get to your house, they'll write you a report, they won't even say a word to you. What we do is we explain to you how you can reduce your premiums, okay? I cannot tell you how many times I go to a house, they have full impact windows, and they're missing one door or one tiny window, and they're losing the entire discount yeah. towards that window. And when I explain it to them, they seem confused because they'll be like, well, wait, I've had two or three other inspectors here throughout the years, nobody's ever said that. And I'm like, well, I'm not like the other inspectors. I, 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 why would I want you to spend money on a premium that you don't need to spend when you can just fix a problem with something minor? Just It never makes sense to me, but I hear it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like some home buyers are like caught by surprise after they purchase, right? And like you said, after a couple of years, they have to redo these forms. And then if I'm not mistaken, the insurance companies will send somebody out, right? To visually, sometimes, I don't know if they do it all the time or sometimes. Sometimes they will send their own person just to see everything. A lot of times they won't even bother you. They'll just go by, take some pictures of the outside and keep moving. Other times they'll tell you they need to schedule, you know, inside so they can take a look at what's going on. The insurance companies, like I tell them, they're very unpredictable because so much is going on on their end. And it's just like, it just gets crazy. And then a lot of times you need a new four point and a wind mitigation because you're trying to change carriers. So Sometimes you have an insurance company for a while. I mean, your bill from one year to another will be thousands more. Mm -hmm. So you got to move to another carrier. So before the other carrier can take you, they need a four point in a wind mitigation. You know, that, that, that's a good part of our business too, you know, where we do a lot of those specifically for those. And then the wind mitigation, they'll allow you to use the same one for about three years. 
uh, four points. They used to be three years. Now, uh, every year, they're trying to make you get one. Really? Yes. Because, oh. you know, they just they just want to make sure. And, and this is another thing I, I want to stress to people that they might not know. If you have a small problem in your house, if you have a minor leak in the roof, if you have a minor leak under a sink, you can usually address these problems for not so much money and not file a claim. You have to remember, filing a claim is a tough situation. It takes long to get paid. A lot of times they're not going to want to pay. You're going to have to go through all this stress. And then once you have a claim on your file, your insurance is always going to be at a higher premium. Mm -hmm. So I tell people all the time, if you have a small roof leak and you can get it fixed for $500, it is worth every penny to pay to fix it yourself. I get it. You pay insurance. You want to do a claim. I get it. But if it's not a major, major storm or some type of damage like that, I recommend people to just go ahead and fix it themselves. In the yeah. long run, you'll be better off. I mean, especially here in South Florida, we don't have that many insurance companies to pick from. Oh, now? <laughs> I mean, now it's just basically citizens. And then, you know, you can use State Farm or, or you know, if you have uh, Allstate or stuff like that. But like Allstate, they don't even cover houses that are not built. I think it's after 2005. Yeah. So they won't it's even like cover you. It's very challenging and insurance-wise. That's definitely going to be on the podcast in the next few episodes. I'm going to try to get somebody on here. I have I have Anthony in mind. Hopefully, he'll cooperate and want to pop in and give us some insight. Uh, Lewis, I just I want to thank you so much for doing this twice. <laughs> and like, if we have to do it a third time, whatever you need, Jenna, I'm more than happy to Don't take time out us. of my schedule. Don't jinx us. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy to take time out of my schedule and just you know bring information to the people because I feel like. Uh, people are just uninformed. You know, it's yeah. just the smartest person I deal with is just uninformed. And these are things that they should know, you know, just, you know, be careful who you use, make sure that they have all the, make sure they say who they, make sure they are who they say they are. Absolutely. Check, check their qualifications. Don't just go by a business card, you know, make sure that, you know, and another thing I'll tell you, a lot of people automatically, number one thing they go to is Google reviews, which is great. If you want to use Google reviews, that's fine. We have to understand Anybody can get Google reviews built up. Anybody can get a negative Google review. As you know, my situation, Jen, mm-hmm. I personally have one negative Google review. That's driving that's you crazy. It's driving me insane because it's not from an actual client. If it was from an actual client, I accept it. It is what it is. I'll try to fix it moving forward. It is from somebody I have never, ever done an inspection for. It's so the frustrating. Name, and Google will not remove it, although I called Google and told them, I will provide you with every single file of every client I've ever had. And oh they will not, and they will not remove it. So I know Google reviews are great, but don't automatically go by that because yeah. you just never, you just never know what it is. Use it as part of your research, but not, don't make it your only research. Yeah, I agree. I think it's great advice. Uh, I think this episode has been extremely informative. Uh, well, it'll definitely help first time home buyers, which is our focus. And uh, it'll help them understand the buying process a little bit better. So thank you. Um, to wrap this up, do you want to tell us the best way to reach you? Um, you guys can reach me by phone or by text, uh, 305-896-8712. You guys can email me at uh, reliableinspections17 at gmail.com. Or if you want to look at our website, it is reliableinspectionsinc.com. Uh, you can reach me through there also. Um, anything you guys need. Remember, uh, it, it could be just a question. Just because you're not hiring me at the moment does not mean you cannot call and ask me a question. Whatever you guys need, I'd be more than happy to help you guys. Amazing. Thank you. No problem. Have a great day. You too.